From Grangeville to Lapway, we've got your District 2 breakdown right here on the Palouse PrepCast with Garrison Hardy. That's right. It's another edition of the Palouse PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we break down everything going on in District 2 in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey, as always, with Garrison Hardy. Garrison, what's going on? Oh, nothing much, Brandon. Uh, it's incredibly cold up here in District 2. It's cold, wet, and rainy. Uh, but fortunately, this weekend, we're going to be inside the Kibbe Dome. So uh, we, uh, we'll, we'll touch more on that uh, as, as we get to it. Definitely. My dogs were going berserk upstairs. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but. <laughs> oh, no. I can't. <laughs> so you listening at home, uh, you tune in. <laughs> yes, I had to mute my mic there for a second. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, you. You've been a busy guy, of course. Uh, you what you do for IdahoSports.com is in addition to what you do during your day job, as it is for almost all of our broadcasters. Uh, and then also you picked up a, a second gig for the winter months coming up as well, Garrison. That I did. Uh, I just accepted a assistant coaching job uh, with the Logos Knights up here in District 2 here in Moscow. Uh, so uh, that's with the varsity team. And uh, we're already in the middle of our preseason sessions. Uh, we have our last one tonight, I believe. And then we kind of get into things this Saturday, um, uh, Friday and Saturday morning, our tryouts. And then uh, Saturday afternoon, we get right into uh, the practices. But unfortunately, I'm going to miss that first one because I'm going to be uh, broadcasting from the Kibbe Dome. Coach understands, though, so uh, <laughs> we're all good there. But, yeah, uh, I've played basketball my whole life. Uh, I've watched it growing up. I mean, my dad was been a coach for 25 years, uh, I, so I played under him. I've coached under and with him, um, and uh, I've loved the game um, my whole life. So anyway, I can uh, help uh, the Logos basketball program uh, with uh, my knowledge and love of the game. Uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm excited to get to work with these guys. We got a great group, and I really think that uh, we could challenge for state. Yeah, it's super exciting. So this is the uh, the boys basketball program at Logos, and your dad is a girls basketball coach, right? That's correct. He's over at Genesee currently, so I won't go head to head with him or anything like that. <laughs> but um, uh, we'll we'll run into each other. Uh, our programs will run into each other at least. Certainly. Well, I, I think this is super exciting. Um, obviously. Your last name, the Hardy name, is uh, well known up in District Two, up up in the Lewiston and Moscow area, and uh, you are getting a chance now to uh, continue to enhance that uh, Hardy brand, as it were. I think I think this is going to be a great fit for you, Garrison. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, uh, uh, me and Coach Casebolt are uh, incredibly excited uh, at the prospect of this season. Like I said, we just got uh, a great group of guys. They're hardworking. Uh, you know, uh, right now, a little uh, some mistakes in practice, which is to be expected in the preseason as we get ready to get things going, working through the offense and defense and whatnot. But uh, uh, they're hard workers, which, you know, you can do you can do a lot with guys who have a good attitude and are just give 110 percent every time. Um, so uh, I, I'm really excited to be a part of this. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. So with that said, you are going to be an incredibly busy guy, right? There's going to be practices and or games pretty much every night once basketball season gets started. Now, uh, is there a JV program at Logos as well? You are, will you be the JV coach and then a varsity assistant? No. So we already have a JV coach, uh, okay. Isaac Lopez, uh, actually the AD's son 
uh, wow. at Logos will be taking on the JV team. Uh, my full attention is going to be on varsity, uh, which is good because there's going to be p- potentially instances where I'll have to step up and relieve Coach Case Bolt as he he's uh, an incredibly busy guy with his work. So sometimes I may need to run practice. Sometimes I may need to coach a game. Um, so just having the the assistant there full time, uh, really understanding the playbook and what we're trying to do as a team and what we're trying to accomplish uh, is a plus. So uh, I'll be full on with the varsity. Okay, that's super exciting. So uh, again, you're, you're going to be a busy guy working uh, every night, either practice and or a game, long road trips. Well, not super long, but road trips. Um, right. so, so with that said, it's going to be really hard for us to continue to do the weekly podcast, the Palouse prep cast, where we're talking about everything going on in district two athletics. Uh, you know, I'm going to be incredibly busy. You obviously are going to be super busy with your day job and then coaching at night. So we thought this would be a good time to maybe kind of power down a little bit. Uh, we're getting to the very end of the fall sports season. You have already started, as you mentioned this weekend, you're going to start your winter sports responsibilities at Logos. This has been a lot of fun, but I think uh, it, it's good to be so busy that we're not able to do this, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you uh, you yourself, I mean, you've had a, a quite a handful of podcasts to manage on top of the schedules of the individual broadcasters and shuffling that around, uh, plus everything else you do with IdahoSports.com and uh, whatnot. So, yeah, I, I think uh, that you and I both have other focuses heading into this winter season, uh, which is a good thing, like you said. Uh, but then uh, next year as we get closer to football, I'm still hopeful and planning, depending on what my day job looks like uh, towards that time of year, that I'll be back for football uh, here on IdahoSports.com, in which case we can resume our prep cast and whatnot. But like you said, it's good to be busy uh, and have uh, responsibilities on your plate. Certainly. So the big question our fans are going to have is, well, what's going to happen? Because there's obviously going to be basketball and wrestling and things that are going on through the school year. And we're going to continue to break down everything that's going on in District 2. It'll just be under a different format and a different title. So we also have uh, currently the North Idaho PrepCast, which is our District 1 themed prep cast we do it each week with ryan skaggs he lives in Coeur d'Alene, and we talk about what's going on up north well districts one and two are pretty much in the same conferences across the board with the exception of the white pine league at the 1a level so we thought it would make sense to just combine the palouse prep cast and the north idaho prep cast into one it'll still be called the north idaho prep cast and you're going to get some district one and district two breakdowns which is nice because like i said a lot of times you're you're facing the teams from district one so i think it's a good way to uh meld that together and so the palouse prep cast after today will cease to exist but we will still have the North Idaho prep cast each and every week with Ryan Skaggs, where we will continue to break down everything going on in district two. In addition to district one, I think that's a good way to do it. Absolutely. The fans at home are in good hands. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know about cease to exist there, Brandon. Well, We're going well, into more for, hibernation. <laughs> yes. For, for, uh, for 20, cause I'm only thinking of 2021. Certainly. Sure. When we get sure. into 22, right. For, for now it's going to go into hibernation, right. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we will uh, revisit it. So uh, this will be our last show together until probably next year. So uh, let's let's go out in style. What do you say, Garrison? I'm all for it. Let's do it. Okay, let's talk about. Hey, real quick, I wanted to give a quick shout out because we did have state swimming last week. 
I wanted to give a shout out to the Moscow boys. They took second place at the state competition, finishing second only to Bishop Kelly. Uh, so Bishop Kelly had 179. Moscow had 162. Uh, so they get to come home with a trophy from state. That's the boys swimmers from Moscow. Are you much of a swimmer, Garrison? I am not, but uh, good job staying afloat, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I think it's. I think it was a big boost this year having an actual in-person competition. Last year they held state virtually, where every team just went to their own pool and and submitted their times that way, and that just kind of was empty and hollow and didn't mm-hmm. feel. So it was nice to have everybody back in one venue competing against one another at state swimming. Uh, state football. We have a couple teams still alive from district two let's start at the 2a level super quick i did want to give a shout out to grangeville the uh, the grangeville bulldogs and again if you're watching the video of this on the idahosports.com youtube channel or facebook page you'll see we're putting the brackets up on the screen if you're listening to the audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts uh you can just follow along uh visually so grangeville we knew won the league had the number eight seed had to go to West side who now has a 30 game winning streak in the state of Idaho. They haven't lost since September of 2019 and they just ran into a buzzsaw 58 to eight. This is the game that I was at Garrison. I thought Grangeville competed hard. It was just a really long road trip against a really good opponent, but. And ultimately it's just been a really long season for Grangeville. This is a team that uh, is, I would kind of say a little bit in rebuilding mode in from years past when the, you had names like cash on the team who, by the way, went on to play at Montana state. Um, and it, it, they're so talent wise, they were already a little bit depleted. And then um, they, they just played a really hard schedule. You and I mentioned this numerous times throughout the year that uh, they adjusted to the new max preps playoff format by scheduling some really hard teams from numerous different divisions. They, uh, again, I kind of liken them to the Fresno state of uh, district two in that they don't care who you are, what your accolades are as a program, they're going to schedule you and challenge you. And uh, ultimately it, it didn't pan out like it did in years past. Just again, uh, I think the loss of talent there and uh, the, the loss is racked up. But again, the, the season, is, the schedule for them is very back heavy. So they came out on top in their league and they made it to the playoffs and, um, you know, a tough road trip. And with the number one seed, never an easy ask, especially, you know, when the season's been as long and as hard as it has been. Um, but nonetheless, they made the playoffs once again, something they can build on going forward. Um, I, I like Grangeville to rebound here in the coming years. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with Grangeville. They had a lot of good, talented playmakers, and I got to talk to their coach, uh, Coach Adams, uh, prior to the game kicking off on Saturday. And I asked him, I said, you put together a really difficult schedule. I said, did you do that to try and, you know, boost your max preps ranking? He goes, no, (laughs) he goes, (laughs) I scheduled those teams because they're the closest to us geography-wise. We're kind of in this tight spot where we're not really close to anybody. He said, did I really want to play Weezer, a top 15 team in the state of Idaho? Not really, but hey, they're close. So we scheduled them. And so for Grangeville, it was interesting to hear that they are kind of in this weird spot where they're in a three-team conference and it's really hard to pick up those non-conference games because all of the teams that are close to them geography-wise all play like eight-man football in the White Pine League, right? So they have to go south and play some of those three A's or play some of those uh, 3A programs from up north. 
And so their max preps ranking really took a hit because they played Moscow, which is a 4A school, but Moscow went three and five. And the computer only sees that, oh, you should have beaten a three and five team. So we're going to ding you. So there are a lot of problems with Grangeville, especially when it came to the max preps rankings this year. Right. And on top of that, their conference foes aren't exactly a quick drive either. Uh, I mean, you've got Orofino and St. Mary's, both of which are from Grangeville's perspective. But that's quite a trek. So uh, just long travel for Grangeville on top of the tough schedule. Um, it, it's easy to see how a team could get bogged down. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, the the max prep rankings, you and I have talked about the pros and cons of it. Uh, that I, This is a, a good starting point for the max prep rankings, but uh, it is something that's going to have to be tweaked uh, as the seasons move along. Certainly. So uh, Grangeville is out. One other team is out and two teams advance as we shift our focus to the eight-man game. And District 2 still has a couple of teams alive and kicking. Before we get to that, though, let's take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors at the Idaho Division of Public Health. And we'll come back and break down who's still in the running for state titles from District 2 right after this on the Palouse PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. Back on the Palouse PrepCast, IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Garrison Hardy. As we uh, continue our look at uh, what happened in the football landscape last week from District 2, let's go to the 1A D1 bracket where... um, People were really surprised by, I think, statewide. One of the biggest stories of the weekend was Lapway knocking out Prairie 68 to 36. I mean, Prairie beat Lapway by 30 in the regular season. And then Lapway turns around and beats Prairie by 30 plus here in the playoffs. This was a wild game. That it was. It should be noted that uh, the star running back of Prairie, um, why am uh, I Bro- Brody Hasselstrom Brody Hasselstrom yep. uh, he had to have his appendix removed and thus was not able to play in that game so what uh, Lapway still could have could have won even with Hasselstrom there but it did kind of take that one two punch backfield away from the Pirates as you know normally they have uh, Brody Hasselstrom's kind of the hammer uh, and then you also have Ty Hibbard in the backfield, who's more of the the speedster. Um, it, he he's a brutal force himself. He plays fullback sometimes as well. Uh, so when the Pirates lost that, that was quite a blow. Now you got to give all the credit uh, in the world to Lapway as they came in and did their job. They have athletes in their own right. Uh, in the you know especially when you look at Year Out, who's committed to the University of Idaho to play basketball. Uh, so we knew Lapway had a chance, regardless of the previous outcome, to go back and knock off. Uh, the Pirates. It just so happened that they did get a little bit of a boost with Brody Hasselstrom being out uh, and they took advantage of it. And uh, now they're moving on. So uh, that that was definitely uh, kind of a bummer that Hasselstrom was out. I'm sure even from Lapway's perspective, as they want to beat the best at the best at their best rather. Um, so uh, but nonetheless, they're moving on and uh, they get ready to take on Raft River. Yeah, Titus Yearout had a hand, I believe, in nine different touchdowns. I think it was five on the ground and four through the air or or vice versa. Yeah. Either way. Low <laughs> dance the office for Yearout. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty much. Um, yeah, for Prairie, this just doesn't happen very often, right? 
they they've lost before uh before the semifinal round and they've lost in in the semifinals of championships but they don't get run out of the building very often right they usually keep it close and so this was really surprising that prairie hasn't been beaten like that in some time so right. that was interesting to see and for lapway they're moving on to the semifinal round where uh they will now take on raft river what i thought was interesting garrison was that raft river played potlatch last saturday in holt arena and won that game so they turn around and ask raft river okay do you want to be back in holt arena next saturday and they say no <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go to our place raft river high school take the game outside and take our chances with the weather because we don't want lapway running on the turf at holt arena we want to we want to make those guys go outside because they are almost like a basketball team with football cleats on they're so high octane offensively yeah, speaking of which, they're our first opponent for Logos basketball. So uh, we're, we're keeping an eye on how the football team's doing. <laughs> Good luck. That, that, thank you. We're, we're going to need it. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I understand the logic for Rath River. Um, Lapway is easily one of the most athletic teams in all of 1AD1 across the state of Idaho. So uh, to move the game outside where weather could certainly be a factor, which I assume is what Prairie was thinking, by the way, um, they uh, that'll throw in another wrinkle, uh, another el element to the game that the coaching staff at Lapway is going to have to consider. But I really don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Honestly, this is a team that has that warrior mentality in that Lapway community. Uh, they'll play rain or shine and they're going to come out and hit you in the mouth. And then offensively, they're going to throw a lot of different looks at you. This coaching staff knows how to get their athletes out in space. Titus, you're out. I mean, how, he's almost impossible to keep in the box already. And then when he's out in the open, he gets so creative with the ball. Uh, and he's got receivers like Cross Taylor coming over the top, Mason Brown out of the backfield. This is a team that's loaded and ready to go. Uh, that being said, Raft River's the number one seed for a reason, and they took care of Potlatch. Uh, almost a similar score to what Lapway did to Potlatch when Jason and I were out covering that Potlatch and Lapway game. So I think this could be a heavy swinging affair uh, at Raft River. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun semifinal showdown, that's for sure. Speaking of Potlatch, they were the team that ran into the Raft River buzzsaw on Saturday and lost 63-22. to But for Potlatch, this was a fantastic season. You know, when we did our season previews at IdahoSports.com and I asked every coach to kind of fill out a confidential preseason coaches poll, you know, Potlatch a couple of times was picked seventh or eighth. Uh, by by some of the other coaches. And so for Potlatch to finish in the top four and really have a breakthrough season with Coach Ball, I thought was really phenomenal. 100%. Uh, I really liked this team. This is a hard-nosed team, which I guess with a name like the Loggers, you kind of expect. They have an eye formation, very simple offense, where they're, they basically say, we're going to run it down your throat with the likes of Howard out of the backfield, as well as their quarterback, Titus Tucker, who has some wheels of his own. And then you throw in a tight end like Isaac McNeil, uh, who also is an incredibly instinctive linebacker on the other side of things. I really like his defensive play style. This is a hard-nosed team and not an easy out. Um, defensively, they were a little undisciplined at times, which resulted in some big plays for Lapway or, or really whoever they played against. But they 
they ran in 100 miles per hour trying to make the stop. And I'm sure that's what the coaching staff for the loggers was preaching is if you're going to make a mistake, I would rather you do it at 100 miles per hour. And that's exactly how they played all season. And it translated well. They made it to the playoffs. Impressive season. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing uh, the loggers back next year. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun watching Potlatch uh, throughout the season. Uh, Genesee also was playing in the quarterfinal round. Uh, they also ran into a tough opponent, Oakley, which is another team that's angling for the state title, and they fell 80-36. to 36. This was a tough game for Genesee because Cy Wareham uh, didn't play in the second half because of an injury. And um, for Genesee, we talked about they were a team that had a lot of potential, especially coming off of last year's COVID-affected campaign. And I still thought Genesee put together a really nice season also. Yeah, and on top of that, this is a – first-year head coach and Justin Podrabski, the former Idaho Vandal. And uh, so he they had to come in with a new system and learn it, uh, as well as intermingling the the boys from Colton as it was turned into kind of a co-op season with Genesee and Colton, uh, seeing as in the state of Washington, uh, well, it's kind of hard to play football at this point in time. The mandates are different. You and I have talked about state lines coming into effect with uh, th- their different takes on COVID and whatnot. So it, great a great co-op here, allowing Colton and Genesee to come together and work together for a season. Jack Johnson, he was a stud all season long. It's unfortunate Cy Wareham wasn't there. Uh, The younger Wareham, uh, he was also a great player all season long. So they had some pieces uh, throughout, but ultimately this team, a a little bit talent depleted compared to teams in years past that I've covered. Um, So uh, all things considered, I thought this was a great season for Genesee and they've got some building blocks going forward. Podrabski, he's a smart guy. He knows football. Uh, He's a guy who also made a practice squad in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. So he knows the game and he's going to get this program coached up and head in the right direction. He's also an assistant coach for the basketball team. So uh, he's got, he's going to be with those guys year long. uh, And he's, um, you know, going to bring that toughness and grit uh, to his program, especially because he played tight end. He's huge. So uh, I look forward to seeing what he can produce with Genesee going forward. Um, disappointing way to end the season, but scoring 36 points on a team like Oakley, nothing to sneeze at. Oakley is, I look for Oakley to be in the championship game uh, against either Lapway or Raft River. Uh, Oakley is just quite the program, and they could be looking at a repeat uh, state title from last year. That's right. That if any one AD one champs uh, ending Genesee season, Angus Jordan is a very young quarterback as well, and he played well for Genesee this year. So it's a nice building block to have moving forward. Uh, the one AD two ranks Garrison. This is the game that you were at on Friday night. It was a game held in Lewiston as Kendrick hosted Horseshoe Bend. Both teams were district champions from their respective districts. Horseshoe Bend came in undefeated, and they left with their first and last loss of the season as the Tigers turned them back 48-8. to Now, I picked Kendrick to win this game. I admit that I thought it would be closer. So uh, what happened? It looked like Kendrick really dominated here. Well, first of all, let's talk about the weather. This was a monsoon of biblical proportions down in Lewiston. I don't know what Lewiston did to piss off the big man upstairs, but they did. So nonetheless, Jason and I were huddled up underneath the tent all night long. It was just pouring rain. Uh, but nonetheless, we got the broadcast off the air. So that that, that works. Uh, Kendrick 
um, they came out and executed their game plan flawlessly. Offensively, they were moving the ball from side to side, keeping Horseshoe Bend off uh, off target and off balance. Uh, Horseshoe Bend, a couple of times, had the opportunity to get Kendrick off the field, and Kendrick would always have a smart play call dialed in. A couple of times, they hit him with a screen pass over the top, which resulted in big-time touchdowns for their receivers. So uh, Kendrick did a great job offensively. And then defensively, uh, I really think the weather played a big advantage for Kendrick. Kendrick did a much better job of adapting to the weather as opposed to Horseshoe Bend, where you know you could tell they wanted to pass it, but because of the, the rain and the slippery conditions, they weren't able to really throw the ball downfield. They had to go to more of a ground game, at which point Kendrick just said, hey, we're going to load the box and you're not going to get anywhere. And on top of that, Jason and I probably counted between 15 and 20 fumbles on the night. It was it was almost comical at the end of the game just because nobody could hold on to the ball. And it's not the player's fault. Just it it was, you know, a wet night. End of story. So uh, Kendrick came out on top. Great defense and offensive game plan. Coaching staff has to be very happy moving forward. So was Kendrick able to throw the ball at all in the rain or was it mostly just a ground attack? It was definitely mostly a ground attack. However, they would mix in some pass plays, and it worked. The quarterback did a great job of throwing these corner routes, little dump passes on the screens, like I call it. So they adjusted their passing game a little bit better, I thought, than Horseshoe Ben to much shorter routes. And Horseshoe Ben, they they just blitzed most of the time, you know, hoping to put pressure on the quarterback. And uh, some of the time they did get there. I'll give them that. But uh, Kendrick, they, they just uh, were able to adjust a little bit better to the elements. And uh, on top of that, they were already an incredibly talented team. And to the fans at home, this is a team with only one senior on the roster. Kendrick, that is. So this they're going to be good next year and the year after. I look for Kendrick to be a 1AD2 powerhouse here for the next couple of years, and they've got themselves a chance to win a championship this year. Yeah, pretty exciting. And and even last year, they, they got deep into the playoffs uh, as well, and you saw the potential, right? It ended earlier than they wanted it to, and you thought, okay, maybe they take that next step this year, and they certainly have as they now advance to the semifinals where they will host Castleford uh, Saturday in the Kibbe Dome in Moscow. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff uh, for the Kendrick Tigers, a, a home game, quote-unquote. You know, Kendrick and Moscow not that far apart. Castleford has been a tough team to figure out this year. They came in because uh, historically Castleford hasn't been a big player on on the statewide level. This is kind of they're kind of the Cinderella team, right? Uh, the other the other three teams that are playing in the semifinals: Kendrick, Dietrich, Carey. They're all used to being in the playoffs. For Castleford, this is kind of new for them, but they've had a really nice season. Their only loss was to Carey in the regular season. Um, this is going to be a tough defensive type of matchup, I think. Well, we'll see. I have to see if the glass slipper fits this time around for Cinderella. Uh, Castleford, uh, man, a couple of impressive playoff wins coming into this. And like you said, their defense appears to be firing on all cylinders as they've only given up eight points in those two games while putting up 70 and 58 respectively. So uh, you're right. I think this could be a defensive grudge match. I don't think Kendrick's going to have nearly as easy of a time moving the ball down the field, but again, Kendrick's just got weapons all over the field. Uh, Actually tandem of brothers 
uh, at uh, receiver and running back, respectively, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, Kendrick, uh, I look for them to come out on top in this one. I'm really excited to get to call the game for them once again and uh, to do it in the Kibbe Dome, too. That, that's going to be a, a nice change of pace, considering the weather uh, has kind of gone south uh, here in Moscow. Yeah, I feel bad because uh, for the past couple of weeks, uh, most of the games that I've done have been inside Holt Arena in Pocatello, which is obviously, you know, in a in a dome and nice and climate controlled. And uh, I feel bad for like you and like Ryan Skaggs has been in Sandpoint the last several weeks where the weather's been, you know, hit or miss. And so for all the broadcasters that have been out in the elements, I feel for you. I feel bad because I haven't really had to suffer those same plights, but at the same time, um, it, it is nice to be able to bring as many games as we've been able to, uh, to you on IdahoSports.com. Every single semifinal game is going to be covered in some form or fashion on IdahoSports.com this weekend. We're going to have live announcers at every single game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so, uh, you and Jason are going to be uh, in the Kibbe Dome on Saturday for Kendrick and Castle Ford. And then we'll have to see what shakes out. There could be a championship or two in the Kibbe Dome as well, which would be pretty exciting. That it would, and to get the opportunity to call a championship game, that would be a big time plus. As uh, you know, I've only gotten to do semi semifinal games. Uh, last year's, uh, um, it was Oakley versus Prairie in the semifinal, and obviously Oakley won that forty-two to forty. One of the best games of football I've ever covered, ending with a goal line stand from Oakley. So, if I get the opportunity to cover a championship game uh, along with Coach Hanson, uh, depending on our basketball schedules, well. We'll see there, but uh, that would be incredibly exciting and uh, talk about one of the top notch facilities for high school football here in um, the state of Idaho. Uh, that would that would be thrilling. And uh, I look forward to seeing what shakes out, uh, but we'll start with this Saturday and uh, go from there. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that'll pretty much do it for the Palouse prep cast. Again, this has been really fun to do all season. It's been nice to have somebody who is plugged into what's going on up north in District 2. You know, I can kind of follow in, in the newspaper and, and from the TV station and things like that and talking to people. But you're actually there living at Garrison. You you are plugged into what's going on up north, which is why we wanted to do this. We wanted to have somebody who uh, knew the teams, knew the coaches, knew the players and was kind of really incorporated into everything that was going on. So I, I think it's been a smashing success. 100%. This is just a great new feature here on IdahoSports.com as we continue to evolve as a uh, uh, an organization that covers high school athletics here in the state of Idaho. Again, I wish I had this when I was a kid playing ball out in North Carolina. I'm sure, you know, granted, I played at a pretty small school, but that's the cool thing about IdahoSports.com is we cover 5A down to 1A which is what I, the bulk of what I cover is 1A, D1, and 2. Uh, you know, some D, some 5A stuff with Lewiston and whatnot, but we really get everybody a chance to have some really cool high school memories uh, put on, on broadcast. And I think that's something that's really special for the kids. And I'm happy to do my part to uh, add an element to it by bringing excitement in the broadcast and whatnot. Jason, his, uh, his analyzing of the broadcast and what's happening on the field. It's a lot of fun. And uh, folks, tune into IdahoSports.com and uh, support us in whatever way you can. Um, I think this is a really cool, a neat thing. And i um, looking forward to bringing forward another one. Absolutely. Well, Garrison, good luck on the call this Saturday. Good, good luck during the basketball season as well. All right, we're gonna be we're gonna be keeping an eye on those Logos Knights. See how they do. 
Oh, geez, no pressure now. <laughs> Thank you. uh, thanks so much, Brandon. And again, it's been a blast working with you for this. Uh, I look forward to uh, next football season when I'll be back. If you ever need an interview occasionally for basketball, if maybe if we're going down the state, uh, you, you got my number. Yep. That sounds like a plan, Garrison. All right. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in to the Palouse PrepCast brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. Until next time, for Garrison Hardy, I'm Brandon Bainey on IdahoSports.com.